What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of AEW. And ladies and gentlemen, this week on The Boochcast, it gives me great pleasure to announce that I am all by myself. I love to be all by myself on The Boochcast. Yes, uh, apparently Gator uh, texted me during the show and said that uh, his power went out so he wasn't able to finish it, so he told me to go it alone. I didn't even argue with him, I just fucking went with it because with all the drama that I've been dealing with behind the scenes of this show and even on the show at some of the times you're listening to it, there is a part of me that is seriously considering going forward just doing the show by myself and not having to deal with the headaches that I'm getting from the co-host lately between technical difficulties and random stupid cancellations. Obviously, this current cancellation is not stupid. I'm talking about stupid ones from the past. And just constant interruptions and just a lot of drama that's pissing me off. There is a part of me that is seriously considering doing the show by myself. And whether I decide to seriously do that or not remains to be seen. um, Because there are days where I feel like doing it. Then there's other days where, you know, every time I think I'm going to say fuck it and do it myself. uh, Me and Zach and Gator, we reconcile whatever issues we're having. And we manage to do a show and still do it well. And I'm able to fix things and post since this is a tape show. So for the most part, I've been able to handle it. But I would be lying if I said there weren't times where I did think about doing the show by myself just so I can have peace on my own damn show. But obviously, I'm not making any decisions on that yet. I'm just thinking out loud and getting something off my chest from stuff that happened earlier in the day. I won't get into it right now because right now, I want to jump into the recap of AEW. And of course, this is uh, from Detroit, Michigan. And we kick things off with our first official match of the evening, a double Jeopardy match where we have Claudio Castanoli going one-on-one against Ray Phoenix. Now, basically, the reason they called this a double Jeopardy match was because, as we know, Claudio Castanoli is the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, and Ray Phoenix is one half of the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles with his brother, Pentagon, because they won the Reach for the Sky ladder match at Supercard of Honor, which took place during WrestleMania weekend to win the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because it's on Dynamite. We need the continuity because uh, we don't recap Ring of Honor here on the show. We don't look at, we don't watch the TVs. We don't watch the pay-per-views because um, I don't really care much about Ring of Honor right now to really have a conversation with it. I checked out of Ring of Honor many years ago. So basically how this works is uh, if Ray Phoenix won, he would get a shot at the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight title. If Claudio won, then him Himself and a partner of his choosing from the Blackpool Combat Club would get a shot at the tag team titles. So either it could either be Claudio and Wheeler Useless. It could be Claudio and Brian Danielson. It could be Claudio or John Moxley. One of the two. Personally, if I had to pick one for Claudio to team with, I would go with John Moxley because I feel like him and Moxley have great chemistry as a tag team. Plus, I feel like Brian Danielson shouldn't be going for tag team gold anytime soon. And I don't think Wheeler Useless should be holding a title, period. He should basically be the bump guy for the Blackpool Combat Club. He should be the job guy for the Blackpool Combat Club. Because there's a reason why we call him Wheeler Useless. Because out of everybody in the Blackpool Combat Club, he is the most fucking useless. So I don't want to see him with a title. But I will say this match was... 
it was decent. Uh, I felt like, you know, if obviously if Ray Phoenix wasn't in it, it would be a much better match because Ray does the luchador spot monkey shit. So this was going to be a spot fest very early. Um, I did not like a lot of the spots. I felt like, you know, Ray Phoenix doing the whole bouncing from the rope to the turnbuckle for a moonsault and Claudio just fucking standing there like a log. Again, this is aspects of wrestling that piss me off because moves like that look fake because the person's standing there too long while the person gets their footing or the person times it and because most AEW fans are fucking brainwashed to the point where A, they think this is wrestling and B, they are so obsessed with AEW succeeding and Vince McMahon having competition, they will suspend their disbelief when they see stupid shit like this. Or actually try to defend it by saying well wrestling's fake so why do you care? Like, by the way, anybody that uses the words wrestling is fake to defend anything in wrestling they are a not a true wrestling fan and b if a wrestler says that they have no business being in professional wrestling because they are insulting their own sport yes wrestling is predetermined but you should never use the word fake because it disrespects everybody that's ever laced up a pair of boots it fucking is degrading to the wrestlers who have gotten injured and even wrestlers who have died in the ring it is an insult to them to use the word fake so if you use the word fake freely like that you are not a true fan of wrestling you don't belong in the wrestling business and overall you're a piece of shit and speaking of spots that make the business look fake there was a moment where uh, Ray Phoenix was walking across the guardrail to dive onto Claudio and literally he's walking like he's doing a tightrope and he's losing his footing while he does it trying to maintain balance and again Claudio's just fucking standing there like there is a difference between timing a move to get hit and just standing there waiting to catch somebody and that's why I don't like wrestlers where the majority of their move set is flips and high spots because it requires obvious cooperation which is not what you want in a wrestling match because here's the thing even though we all know wrestling is a work we know it's a work when we go to the show your job in the ring is not to make it look blatantly obvious you should do moves in the ring that look devastating but really aren't that's the art form of wrestling is being able to do moves and make it look like they hurt like a motherfucker but really that guy is not in pain at all because that's where selling comes in that's how wrestling works and Ray Phoenix is too much of a spot monkey to pull Matt matches off like that. Claudio can somewhat, but from time to time, even he's guilty of lowering himself to that level because he's more concerned with making marks happy than making money, which is why in WWE, he was never a draw. So a lot of aspects of this match were goddamn ridiculous, but in the end, Castanoli got the win with a Ricola bomb and now gets a shot at the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles with whichever partner um, he chooses. And like I said, I hope he chooses John Moxley because I feel like that's the team that could become Tag Team Champions. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area where we see a random person walking. We kind of see their legs, then it pans up, and it's Miro, the Redeemer, who apparently is here to speak with Tony Khan. Because he walks right past Renee, opens the door, and it's clearly Tony Khan's office. And of course, the million dollar question is, what are they going to talk about? And of course, what I want to know is, why the fuck has he been off TV for so goddamn long what the fuck is going on here 
Miro is hands down one of the most talented wrestlers on the roster. Now, granted, when he debuted, he didn't have much of a great debut. You know, he had that whole best man bullshit and the whole gaming thing that didn't go over well. And it was goddamn ridiculous and fucking retarded and stupid. But eventually he was able to overcome that, get this redeemer gimmick and become the badass we all know him to be. This is a guy who can challenge for the AEW World Heavyweight title. He's that fucking over and he's that fucking dominant. This guy could be even, even be a TNT champion. He's that damn good. Miro is an incredible talent that has been held back because nobody in AEW knows what the fuck to do with him. Because they'd rather push the spot monkeys and the indie marks and the guys that nobody fucking knows instead of taking a star from another company who was insanely fucking over when he was released and not do shit with him. It's for goddamn ridiculous how underutilized he has been. I'm so glad that Miro's back and I look forward to seeing what he does. And then they cut to a video package with MJF discussing the four-way match at Double or Nothing. Hell of a great promo. Hell of a great promo by MJF. And the best part is he didn't have to say anything controversial. He didn't have to cross any lines. He didn't have to cuss. He cut a normal style heel promo, but did it very well. Talked about the pillars. Talked about why he's the best. Talking about how he's accomplished things that none of the other pillars have done. And he's wanted them to rise to his level but they weren't able to and that he's going to retain the title at double or nothing it was a great promo MJF delivered again and then of course um, on that note we cut to the AEW World Tag Team Champions FTR, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood they come to the ring they invite Mark Briscoe out but they're instead answered by Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh Dutt tells them to accept Jarrett and Lethal's challenge to a title match at AEW double or nothing Harwood says he will accept the challenge if they admit that they're using Briscoe to get to them. Briscoe comes out and reveals that he talked to Tony Khan and at AEW Double or Nothing, the two teams will face off and Mark will be the special guest referee. Mark hands out some cups and the two teams drink to the match. Dutt spits the drink at Harwood and the challengers try to attack FTR. Mark breaks it up, but Harwood, blinded by the drink, accidentally drops him with a pile driver. Now, obviously, Dax Harwood did not mean to do that. And I'm sure next week, him and Mark will have some type of confrontation um, where they will address that. And either they'll shake hands and forget about it, or it could lead to, at some point, a one-on-one match between Dax Harwood and Mark Briscoe. But obviously, what's Sanjay Dutt spinning the drink at Harwood, that is something that Mark Briscoe should address because in a way, Sanjay Dutt is indirectly to blame for what happened because Harwood would have never attacked Mark Briscoe if he wasn't blinded by the drink that Sanjay Dutt spit in his face, which didn't need to fucking happen, I believe. It was stupid and pointless. But I do like the fact that Mark Briscoe is going to be the guest referee, you know, because up until the pile driver, we, we were all convinced he was going to call it right down the middle because Mark Briscoe doesn't have any hatred for anybody in this match. But now time will tell. Is he going to screw FTR? Which I hope he doesn't do. Because it took a long time for FTR to get these belts. I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it until I'm blue in the face. They should have been tag team champions a long goddamn time ago. Back when they were holding all the other tag team titles. They should have been AEW champions. They should have four tag team belts before they lost the other three. That was a big mistake on Tony Khan's part. To not give FTR the belts and to not have the Bucks drop them to FTR. Instead, they 
they drop them to fucking Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus because the Bucks can't accept the fact that FTR is better than them in every way, shape, or form. They are better wrestlers and they are better men, mostly because the Bucks are still little boys. But either way, the segment worked. It did what it needed to do. And I definitely look forward to this tag team title match at Double or Nothing as we need to start building to the card, which is what AEW does. They'll book one or two matches out and then all of a sudden they start throwing shit at the wall because they realize, oh crap, we have a pay-per-view at the end of this month. And we've had since Revolution to build to this and you've done fucking nothing to build to it because you're more concerned with your TV ratings and trying to come up with innovative shit than trying to build to a pay-per-view, which obviously you want the ratings to be important because you want to keep your TV deal. But at the same time, there's nobody really to compete with. You're on a channel and a time all by yourself. So you have nobody to compete with. So you should use your TV to build to your pay-per-view, not just create ratings buzz. It would be different if they were still competing with NXT, but they're not. NXT is now on Tuesdays. So build to your fucking pay-per-views. Let's create some real fucking stories instead of waiting to the last minute and just throwing in random horse shit. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area with Chris Jericho, who was asked about Adam Cole attacking him. Jericho says Cole created an unsafe work environment. He reveals that he got a court order that prevents Cole from being in the same building as him. Roderick Strong confronts Jericho and stands up for Cole. Strong challenges Chris Jericho to a false count anywhere match. Jericho accepts and Strong reveals that JAS will also be barred from the building. And obviously, Roger Strong trying to call out Chris Jericho to find out if he is, in fact, a coward. Obviously, Jericho wants to prove he's not a coward by accepting the challenge. But it's also because he felt confident because he honestly felt the JAS would be there to back him up, only to discover that they're not allowed in the building either. And obviously, this is a false count anywhere match, so it's going to be epic. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be brutal. And hopefully, it's the only match that goes out to the floor and fights around the building. But then again, this is AEW, so that is definitely wishful thing because they don't have logical booking going on in AEW. But either way, I'm excited for this match because Roderick Strong, I've been waiting to see him wrestle. I'm still a little sad he's not in NXT anymore, but I get why he went to AEW. And obviously Jericho, he can still go. In fact, I was talking with someone about that earlier today. So I'm excited to see uh, what happens with this match. It's going to be great. Uh, Next, we cut to um, Renee Paquette, who's backstage, standing outside of Tony Khan's office. All of a sudden, Thunder Rosa shows up and walks into Tony Khan's office. Again, about fucking time. Now, obviously, we all know the story with Thunder Rosa. She was the AEW Women's Champion until she got injured. Then they did the whole interim bullshit with Tony Storm before acknowledging her as a champion. And, of course, Thunder Rosa getting what I like to call the CM Punk treatment, dealing with, you know, a jealous locker room that can't handle the fact that Thunder Rosa draws more money. And, of course, Britt Baker's been burying her on social media. Multiple other women have been burying Thunder Rosa on social media. And now Thunder Rosa, it looks like she's back. So now the big question is, what's going to happen if Thunder Rosa gets back into the title picture? What's going to happen when Thunder Rosa gets in that ring? Because Britt Baker said a lot of shit. So the question is, was Britt Baker shooting or was she working? That's going to be the billion dollar question there. And either way, I think Thunder Rosa is probably going to join the outcasts 
Because I know next week there's going to be a six-woman tag, a trios match. And I think Thunder Rosa is going to show up in that. And I think she's going to join the Outcasts. And she's going to stake her claim to the AEW Women's World title. And I think it's going to be Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter. And if that is the case, if that is the case, I'm saying right now, Thunder Rosa, damn well, better win that fucking title. I swear to the gods of wrestling, if Jamie Hayter beats Thunder Rosa and retains that title, I will lose all faith in the women's division and the women's division evolving and getting better because Jamie Hayter has no business beating Thunder Rosa. She has no business being the fucking champion, period. I am not a fan of Jamie Hayter. I think she's an absolute fucking joke and I feel like Thunder Rosa got royally fucked over because I was waiting for her to come back. I was waiting for her and Tony Storm to have that match to unify the women's championships and have that moment where either Thunder Rosa becomes the undisputed champion or Tony Storm gets put over like she should have to be the undisputed women champion so I'm glad Thunder Rosa's back and I hope they do great things with her I want to see her walk out of double or nothing women's champion and on that note we move on to the next segment we got a video package hyping up Sammy Guevara now Gator did message me something and since he's not here I will say it now why did Sammy just cut a babyface promo and that right there is the most confusing aspect of this entire fucking pillars feud Sammy Guevara can't make up his mind whether or not he is a heel or a babyface. Now, obviously he's not getting any money from MJF. That check's not going to clear. He's not going to make that money because they lost that tag team match and also Sammy knocked out MJF when he was slapping him around. So obviously that alliance is terminated. But either way, Sammy needs to make up his mind. Is he a babyface or is he a heel? You can't do this situational shit, especially when you're in a fucking faction that is a notoriously heel faction unless Sammy Guevara is gonna say fuck off forever to the Jericho Appreciation Society he is still a heel and he needs to be a heel because he is an unlikable piece of shit he's a deplorable human being and would not work as a babyface in fact he is the least qualified of all the pillars to be a world champion and that shocks even me that I said that because I would have said that about Darby Allen a while back but no I'll get but I'll get into Darby Allen a little later but either way not a fan of Sammy Guevara not a fan of this promo not a fan of him being a flip-flopping tweener right now and on that note we cut to Tony Khan who says the show has one of the strongest lineups in AEW history he says there are stars lined up and they're looking for a chance to wrestle he says it's clear that AEW can, can produce more content than ever, and he encourages fans to stay tuned for a major announcement next week. Now, Tony has been doing these major announcements a lot lately. Some of the announcements have been great. Others have not. Now, there's a good chance here that this announcement is going to be the fact that they're coming up with a new program that's supposed to air on Saturdays. Because that's been the big story, that the network wants to produce more AEW content. I believe that's Warner Bros. Discovery. And one of the big stories going around the internet is that for this deal to happen, CM Punk needs to come back because apparently the network did this with CM Punk in mind and that this would also be a way for them to split the talent kind of similar to what WWE does with Raw and SmackDown where you would have people who are only on Dynamite and people who are only on Saturday and I think that's a plan they have is to put CM Punk on that new Saturday show to keep him separate from you know the cancer cells the elite get keep him away from them so they can all live in harmony because clearly it looks like they can't work together unless uh, the EVP 
MPs can swallow their fucking pride and try to work with him because, you know, everybody wants to see Punk lock it up with them. And if they did it at Wembley, it would guarantee a sellout because that's the match that would have the most emotion in it, especially if he made it a six man and threw FTR in with Punk. But we'll see if that happens. Either way, that's probably the announcement. Um, I've also heard that as a result of this, Dark and Elevation are being canceled. And thank fucking God, because that was stupid. It was. Having these YouTube shows were fucking stupid, especially since a lot of the legends they signed were relegated to that. Or every time they brought in somebody from WWE, they would be on Dynamite for a couple of weeks, and then they'd relegate them to those bullshit fucking YouTube shows that no one gives a shit about, and nobody wants to fucking watch. Even in the arenas, nobody wants to fucking watch this goddamn show. It's stupid. It's pointless. I hope Rampage is the next one to go. Just keep Wednesday and whatever this Saturday show is going to be, and don't have fucking Rampage. Just get rid of that. And then you can have the live Dynamite tape the Saturday show, or if you want the Saturday show to be live too, do that. Have two live shows. Get rid of fucking Rampage. Get rid of the Dark and Elevation. Just have these two shows, and there's your fucking talent. Keep it simple. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening for the AEW International Championship. Orange Cassidy defends the title against Daniel Garcia. This is the saddest fucking thing I've ever seen. It is blatantly obvious that Tony Khan is a fucking mark for Orange Cassidy. It is goddamn ridiculous that he's still holding this belt. I can't take him seriously. And anybody that's a fan of his, I can't take you seriously either because there's nothing appealing about this motherfucker. Daniel Garcia is one of the best all-around wrestlers in this company. He is somebody that can actually do something with this international championship, but yet they continue to have Orange Cassidy beat these fucking people over and over and over again and get these victories and they're trying to build him up into somebody that he's not and what he's not is a credible wrestler he is a circus act and he is not elevating this title in any way and the title is sure as hell not elevating him this is an absolute waste of time and on that note we cut to the outcasts who comment on Hikaru Shida's return Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter comment on it as well Baker and Hayter accept the challenge to a trios match next week on AEW Dynamite as I mentioned before, they're having this six-woman tag match next week. Hopefully, Thunder Rosa gets involved. And on that note, we cut to Christian Cage and Luchasaurus who come to the ring. Cage is asked about his claim that he will challenge Warlow for the TNT Championship. As he previously noted that he's the top contender, Cage said, it's because he's Christian Cage. He says, when your name has that kind of cachet, you get what you want. Cage questions why so many wrestlers in AEW have daddy issues. He says he won't waste his breath on Warlow's father, but the TNT Champion found the father he was looking for. He also says Anderson found the son he was looking for. Cage criticizes Anderson and notes that he's never won the world title. Cage demands Wardlow to be in the ring next week when he will realize that his days as the champion are all but over. Now, obviously, a match between them was not advertised for next week. So, obviously, this is going to be a segment promo confrontation. And that's the way it should be. Because if they're going to fight for the title, this should be a double or nothing. And I'll even take it a step further. I think Christian should win it. I do. I don't know what the plans are for Wardlow, but unless you got some long-term plan that's going to lead to him becoming the next AEW World Heavyweight Champion, you might as well give the belt to Christian. Because at least Christian will put some star power behind that championship. And I will say, with Christian, this is some of the best promos he's cut in his career has been here in AEW. You know, mentioning the fact that, you know, Arn Anderson's never been the champion. He was the other guy in the tag team with Tully Blanchard, and he was a lap dog for Ric Flair. Now, I don't know about being the other guy in the Tully Blanchard tag team, but he was definitely, most definitely, a lap dog for Ric Flair. Definitely. Everywhere Flair went, Anderson was sure to go. Most of Double A's career has been being the lackey for 
Ric Flair or helping out Ric Flair. That is an undisputed fact. It is. It's a fact. And Christian is a multi-time world champion. And here that can actually have some merit because you can also acknowledge the cha- the world championships he won in TNA. Because those were titles he actually won in legit fights. As opposed to the world heavyweight title where, yeah, he won in a ladder match but then lost it five days later and then had to spit in Randy Orton's face, have Randy get mad, kick him in the nuts, and have the belt change hands via disqualification only to lose it in a no-holds-barred match a few weeks later. So his world title run in WWE was shit, but in TNA, he had great world title runs, Christian did. He was definitely a worthy world champion in TNA. I'll give him that. And then, of course, we see a video package to hype up Darby Allen. And I know I mentioned uh, Darby Allen earlier. Uh, I will say this. Darby Allen is somebody I did not expect to like. I think I might have mentioned this last week, but just in case I didn't, I'll say it again. I have revised my opinion on Darby Allen. I really have. He has gotten so much better in the last few weeks. Now, granted, he talked about his, you know, spot monkey, stunt man, wrestling style a little bit, which annoyed me. And of course, he's doing the skateboarding stuff and the, you know, jumping hills on the dirt on the four-wheeler. And, you know, his dad was in the picture and a few other things. But he had a decent babyface promo. But as long as he continues to wrestle the way he's been wrestling the last few weeks and only saves the death-defying shit for when it matters, I could see Darby Allen being a future world champion. I really could. He is definitely one of the top baby faces in the company. Most definitely. He is insanely over and he's learned the art of psychology a little bit. He's not quite there yet, but he is improving week by week by week. And this is just a good way to hype up the Pillars 4-Way. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have a no-holds-barred match. Julia Hart versus Anna JAS. This was one of the worst women's matches I have ever fucking seen in my life. I almost wish Gator was here to shit all over it. Actually, Mr. Bucciarelli, this was like watching a monkey try to fuck a football. This was like uh, watching a kid with cerebral palsy try to eat cereal with his bad hand. This was like uh, taking a baritone singer and putting his nuts in a vice to get him to sing soprano. This was like Zachary Scott trying to go to a tanning salon. He just looks redder than normal when he gets out. This is like trying to put a square peg inside a vagina. It is both painful to feel and painful to watch. Alright, Gator, thank you very much. But yeah, this was a horrible fucking match. I'm sorry, it was bad. From start to finish, this was bad. The timing was off, everything looked half-assed, the weapon shots didn't do anything, and eventually, Jay taps out, but not fast enough. We still had to sit through a painful fucking match. Like, there's a lot of women in AEW who are talented. These two aren't on the talented list. They really should just be valets at this point. They should be valets. They should not be wrestling in a ring at all. They both suck. They're both awful. They don't want to get better. It's blatantly obvious. Just keep them as valets. Let them just stand at ringside, look pretty, and occasionally interfere. That should be their role. They cannot wrestle to save their lives. Then we cut to the backstage area with the best friends and Bandito who were asked about the title match. For their rule, their best friends bar all witches from ringside to make sure Julia Hart can't interfere. Yeah, that was stupid. But then again, everything the best friends do are stupid. Even when Orange Cassidy's asked a question, he goes, No, I'm pretty tired. It's like, get the fuck off my TV. Seriously. This gimmick is fucking old and stupid. Orange Cassidy's done everything he could possibly do in this business. I've seen the act already. I'm waiting for him to get his walking papers. But yeah, this was a stupid segment. They couldn't come up with anything better than this. 
now. And then we move on to the next match of the evening for the AEW World Trios Championships. The House of Black defend the titles against the Best Friends and Bandito. This was fucking weird. And that's all I gotta say. It's fucking weird. First of all, the lights are out for this match. I don't know why. I can't remember if that was one of the rules of the match. It has to be lights out except for the spotlight in the ring. And the rest of it was just spot, 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 spot. With Brody King doing some wrestling. But overall, this was just boring and goddamn ridiculous. And of course, the House of Black retained the titles, which they should. Because the best friends in Bandito don't deserve a goddamn thing. Because they all suck. But either way, not exciting at all. And then, we see Orange Cassidy laid out backstage by Kyle Fletcher of Aussie Open who posed with a title and is going Aussie, Aussie, Aussie for no fucking reason whatsoever. This is goddamn retarded. They couldn't even get excited for this. That's how little people know of Kyle Fletcher. That's how fucking important he is. The commentators are calm. If the commentators are calm when someone shows up on the screen, that means you ain't fucking special. Or the commentators don't have a lot of passion. In this case, I think it's both. And on that note, we cut to a video package hyping up Jungle Boy Jack Perry. And it was every bit as boring as the promos he cuts. This is basically Jack Perry saying, you know, I want to be a great professional wrestler and I just, I don't really want to do all the things it takes to be a main event player and a world champion. I just like to wrestle. Uh fucking stupid. I'm so disappointed in Jungle Boy you don't even fucking know. I had such high hopes for this fucking guy. Now Gator wanted to talk about this on the show and I'm sure next time he comes on I'll give him a chance to share his thoughts but I'm gonna share my thoughts right now. Apparently at a convention that happened in the UK for the love of wrestling was the name of it Jungle Boy Jack Perry apparently was a dick to some fans over there. Apparently there was this package that people bought to get like 8x10s and a photo with him and this audio shout out thing that people do nowadays and apparently when Jungle Boy was confronted by this fan the fan asked for everything he was ready for everything and Jungle Boy basically said I'll do the picture but I'm not doing the audio notes and the and the fan's like what the fuck and then someone had to explain to him that's included in the package and he's kind of shrugged it off and basically looked like he didn't want to be there then he does a Q&A where they ask him like you know if you were on your deathbed what's the last wrestling match you'd want to see before you die and then Jungle Boy's like well if I'm dying I'm obviously not going to watch wrestling. I wouldn't waste my time with that. And then to top it all off, when they asked him, like, you know, who do you talk to in the business about getting critique for matches? He says, when I'm trying to piece a match together, I talk to Luchasaurus because that's more my style. And, you know, I wouldn't take advice from somebody like Billy Gunn because he hates Canadian destroyers. Okay, there's a lot to unpack in this. But basically, here are my thoughts. Apparently, some people are defending Jungle Boy's behavior at the convention by saying that he has issues with anxiety. Now look, I understand that people have issues with anxiety. I'll admit here on the Boochcast, I deal with a lot of anxiety. I'm not really much of a people person, contrary to popular belief. But it's mostly because I worked in retail for 13 years. I've witnessed humanity in its purest form. And I've learned the average human being is incredibly rude and incredibly stupid. I have met the rudest, dumbest people to ever exist on God's green earth during the 13 years that I worked in retail. That being said, while I have sympathy for Jungle Boy and his anxiety, if his anxiety is so bad that it makes him antisocial and have him sitting on his phone and not really interacting with fans, then you shouldn't be at a fan convention. Don't go to Comic-Cons. Don't go to fan conventions if you don't like being around fans. Just go out to the ring, do your job, and leave. 
Like Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's openly admitted he doesn't like people. That's why he doesn't go to fan conventions. But obviously, if he's leaving a wrestling building and a fan comes up to him, he'll say hi. He may or may not sign an autograph or two on his way out the door because he's at a wrestling show and fans sometimes, you know, show up after the venue to get autographs and things like that. So in those cases, he might sign an autograph or two or at least shake somebody's hand or say, what's up, brother? And be, and be nice. But you're never going to see him at an autograph signing because he doesn't like interacting with people but don't go to a fan convention I don't care how much money you're being paid don't go to fan conventions if you don't like to be around people because I don't care what emotional problems you have if you're at a fan convention you're required at that point to check all your problems at the fucking door and do your job Sign the autographs, take the pictures, shake the hands, at least fake it, pretend. Because here's the thing people don't understand in wrestling. In order to be successful as a babyface, people have to like you. If you're a dick outside the ring, it is hard for people to cheer you in the ring. It changes their whole opinion of you. The best example I have of this is Ricky Steamboat. As a kid, I liked Ricky Steamboat. Was I a huge diehard fan? No, but I liked Ricky Steamboat to a degree. He was an awesome babyface. Then, I worked an indie show with Ricky Steamboat, and I found out how much of a fucking diva he was. He was so difficult to book for this show. He went out to the ring, did a half-assed promo, did half-assed moves in the ring, and only looked good because the guy that was selling for him I'll give his name right here right now. Shout out to Scotty Beach. Or as he would say in the ring, cheer for Scotty. Shout out to Scotty Beach. He made Ricky Steamboat look like a million bucks when in reality he only looked like a fucking dollar. And then to top it all off, he refused to sign an autograph for a seven-year-old kid because he didn't have 20 bucks. And it was a poster of the show that he's required to sign for free because that was the rule at UCW when I worked there was if you have your own gimmicks, you can charge whatever you want. But if somebody came up to you with a UCW poster, or a UCW program or anything that said UCW on it, you signed it free of charge. That was the rule that everybody followed. Ricky Steamboat was the only one that didn't follow it. I lost all respect for Ricky Steamboat ever since. That's why when I go back and see his matches, when we do classic pay-per-view reviews, I can't watch them the same way. I can't look at Ricky Steamboat the same way because I don't see the dragon. I see the diva. In order to be a babyface, you have to be fucking likable. Hell, when they ask them, when they ask them the thing, like, I'm not going to watch wrestling if I'm dying. It's like, motherfucker, it's not a literal question. Like when people say, if you have a gun to your head, what would you choose? They're not literally going to put a gun to your fucking head. They're just saying, make a choice. Pick whatever match. You know, this is called for the love of wrestling and nothing that Jungle Boy did at this convention showed that he even loves wrestling. And the fact that he said, I wouldn't take advice from Billy Gunn. Who the fuck are you to say that? Because he doesn't like Canadian Destroyers. Nobody likes Canadian Destroyers anymore. Why? Because everybody does them. Hell, Bad Bunny can do a Canadian Destroyer. The fact that Bad Bunny, a shitty fucking rapper, can do a Canadian Destroyer takes all the specialness out of the move. And it's a move that involves obvious cooperation. Because most of the time, the guy that's taking the move is doing all the fucking work. He's the one that's doing the flip to get over. So he can hit 
the ground is back. The only thing difficult about a Canadian Destroyer is the timing. If you got somebody who's athletic enough, pretty much anybody can do that fucking move. It's not special. It's like the super kick. It's over fucking used. It doesn't have the value that it used to have because everybody can do it. And also, Billy Gunn is a fucking veteran in this business. He has won multiple titles and he has been over in every promotion he's been to. Hell, the whole purpose of Billy Gunn being there was to coach wrestlers so he could sit under the learning tree and fucking learn something. And that was before he became part of the acclaimed and daddy ass and all that shit. Before that, he was just a trainer and a coach. He's there to teach you motherfuckers the right way to do this. But of course, Jungle Boy's like, I want to go with Luchasaurus because Luchasaurus does the same stupid shit that I do. Like, Luchasaurus is going to teach you any fucking thing. This just proves that Jungle Boy is a fucking mark and that he's been brainwashed by the fucking elite because he's part of, as Darby Allen would say, the California clique. Because it's blatantly obvious that Jungle Boy doesn't give a shit about this business. He has no desire to get better. He has no desire to improve. And he's just there to do his shit and collect a paycheck. That's the only reason he's there. Eddie, all the respect I had for Jungle Boy is fucking gone now at this point. I have nothing positive to say about Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I have no sympathy for him. I have no more support for him. And I look forward to the day when he's back on the indies working for a hot dog and a handshake. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of AEW because I see the uh, main event is coming up. And because it involves the Elite, I am skipping this. Although there is one quick thing I will say. Apparently, Don Callis, from what I'm reading, uh, turned on Kenny Omega. Kind of wish I had saw that part at least, but I'll probably find it on YouTube and watch that little part. So that part kind of made me go, what the fuck? But other than that, not interested. Not going to watch it because, like I said, we skipped the Elite. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and make sure you guys guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you check out our episode of the Male Soap Opera Moment where you can see our recaps for WWE Backlash. Find out who was right and who was wrong and stay tuned for our recap of WWE Backlash coming to the Boochcast Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Uh, if you haven't already, check out the uh, chicken and rice bit uh, that Zach and I did. I have that up there, and I'm going to be posting a few more very soon. In fact, the next one is going to be uh, a classic Gator rant. I'm going to be working on that one very soon and getting that out on the Instagram. So make sure you're following us on Instagram to see that funny video. And of course, visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content, and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. I've got some uh, Dark Side of the 90s episodes coming soon. I'm almost done fixing the, uh, the tech issue with that. Uh, I plan on on putting out some other videos as well uh, very soon. Uh, some complaint times and uh, some of the uh, live streaming videos we did on Twitch. Hopefully the copyright won't be an issue. And then of course I'm planning on filming Dark Side of Football with Lance when I finally get some time. And of course I'm getting started on Dark Side of Comedy. I'm reaching out to a few comics right now to get them on board and get everything organized so I can have my respective guests for each episode. All that and more coming soon to the YouTube channel and of course make sure you're following us on twitch go to twitch.tv slash the boochcast that's where we do our live wrestling watch parties our next watch party will be saturday august the 5th 
for WWE SummerSlam. So make sure you join us for the biggest party of the summer. And of course, we have a live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special project in the works. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than the Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $10 per month. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So take that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network, and unlike Endeavor, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment, we used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes it to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.